1: This is a CBC Podcast.
0: We've got these places, I'm sure you have some, that we treasure from childhood. And then you grow up and the place changes, but you wish it never changed. Vanessa Matsui directed a movie set at one of those spots, a classic old movie theater in her hometown. She'll tell you about it. I'm Talia Schlanger, sitting in for Tom Power. You're listening to Q.
1: Are vegans actually unhealthy? Does cannabis ruin your sleep? And why are so many men taking testosterone supplements? I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And we're the creators of the popular YouTube channel, ASAP Science. Every week on our podcast, Side Note, By ASAP Science, we explain the science behind a controversial subject with recent research, up-to-date studies, and ridiculous stories so you are entertained while, bam, simultaneously learning. We're here to make science make sense. Download Side Note by ASAP Science wherever you get your podcasts.
0: You know, we have this sort of reverence around places that we spend a lot of time at over the course of our lives, especially when we're young people. And not just the places that we lived, but the corner store or that one particular picnic bench or our local movie theater. The actor and director Vanessa Matsui has just made a new film called Midnight at the Paradise. It follows three pairs of characters through one transformative night, and it all revolves around a theater called The Paradise. Now, if you live in Toronto, you might recognize the paradise on Bloor Street. But really, this is the kind of theater that exists in a lot of different cities. Vanessa Matsui joined Tom Power to talk about how this theater and how the whole idea of going to the movies was so central to telling a very human story.
1: Congrats (laughs) on the film. Before we get going and before we talk about it, uh, for people who are not from downtown Toronto, can you talk about the paradise?
2: Yeah. So the Paradise Theater is a very old theater that's on Bloor Street. And it was, it's had many incarnations. Um, and then it was in disrepair for a long time and recently has been renovated uh, and is one of those small indie theaters that have managed to not become a condo in Toronto, which is kind of a modern miracle. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in the film, it really, yeah, a little bit what. You just said, but it, it represents you know that place that uh, you went to maybe in your childhood with special people in your life, and when you revisit it, it's um, it's kind of it's kind of haunted.
1: Yeah, you did a great job at revitalizing
2: the paradise because
1: it was a it was an existing theater, and it got revitalized and turned into like a brand new fancy pants place.
2: Exactly. So we did have to do um, a treatment <laughs> to the theater to make it look way less nice than <laughs> how it looks like it looks as if it was going to be demolished and become a condo and actually we cheated the interior uh with um the regent which is on mount pleasant in toronto in toronto
1: what got you interested in telling the story mm. or maybe tell tell folks who t- tell us a little bit of the story I was pretty vague in my introduction yeah. tell us a little bit of the story and, and what got you interested in it
2: so it's a story about many things um but how i like to describe it is that it is a story about a marriage told through three different couples at very different stages of their lives. Uh, but at the center is this 40-year-old mom, um, Iris, played by Leanne Balaban. And the ex-love of her life is coming back for one night only um, and makes her really question, <laughs> like, life decisions Um but it's all told with the backdrop of this movie theater shuttering its doors, and it was her father's favorite movie theater uh, and he is dying. um so she's trying to save her father, save herself, save the movie theater um but it's also about it is a little about nostalgia, and it is about also uh saying goodbye to one's youth and recognizing where you are as an adult and, and making adult decisions
1: what got you interested in wanting to tell the story
2: well i'm a 40 year old mom <laughs> <laughs> um so i think that was initially my my access point to the film i could relate really deeply to this stage of your life where you're not you're not young anymore but you're not old um and you're you know, stuck between aging parents and taking care of very young children. And all of a sudden, I mean, for me, it was like, I just like you wake up, you blink and you're 40 and you you, you were just 20. <laughs> and it did feel, you know, when you are in your 20s that um, – like the world is your oyster. Anything you can do, anything. You know, I I had always wanted to be uh, an actress, a very famous actress. That was like my the, goal. The
1: goal was not to be an actress. The goal was to be a very famous actress. Yes, yes exactly,
2: yeah. <laughs> that's, exactly. that's an
1: important distinction.
2: Absolutely. Um, and through Alan Hocko's character, that his exploration in the film is also about, you know, the the goals in life that you do not achieve.
1: He's a he's a former punk rock. Guitar player, singer. That's yes. that. Thus, the jokes about him singing. Yes. Who becomes sort of an industry dude, a label guy. Yeah. A suit, as they as they might a say. A suit. Yeah. Who's sort
2: of forced to grow up, uh-huh. and you know, maybe didn't catch the wave that people thought he was going to catch in in his youth.
1: So, so you, you 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 saw. I mean, help me understand that a bit better. So you you could relate to that because hey, you know, I wanted to be I wanted to be an actor at some point in my life.
2: Exactly. And even though I do still get to act, I guess like the dream of what I wanted, it wasn't, you know, and with the Canadian caveat of like, I'm so grateful oh, <laughs> for my, my God. career. As, as I and, say to so
1: many Canadians in the show, gratitude is implied.
2: Okay, great. Okay. Yeah, gratitude is yeah. implied. I, I actually, I love directing and, I, you know, discovering um, this part of... Film and television has been incredibly empowering and I love it, but it's definitely not what I set out to do. So I think exploring that through the film has been um, very interesting as well.
1: I mean, it's an interesting idea. I mean, wh- wh- I think maybe what I, what I loved, loved about the film, which is a lot, but what I, what, I, what I loved about the film was it felt like an exploration of – nostalgia, an, explore, an exploration of our. I'm 36, so I'm, I'm starting to get to that point where I'm starting to look back. I'm starting to get to that point where some of the bands I liked growing up were playing like 20th anniversary of their debut album tours.
2: Yes, yes.
1: You know, they're on oldies compilations. <laughs> and I often wonder whether I miss a song or whether I miss a film or whether I miss a venue. Or I miss just being young.
2: Totally, and, exactly. And I
1: think this film does that really well because the the say the Paradise for example the the, the two main characters met at the Paradise in downtown Toronto when it was this m- major cinema and they're you know, the the lead character is trying to save the Paradise, trying to save this this cinema, trying to save this you know this place and, and uh, putting off a film Breathless by Godard, which is you know the, the film that she watched when she was growing up and it means so much to her. Not many people go to the screening. And you speak, you begin to wonder, watching the film, is it actually the theater that you wanted to save, or is it your youth?
2: Exactly, exactly. And I think we put we we project onto these places. You know, when I, I sometimes you know even myself, I grew up in Toronto. Okay. I left for a while, and and now I'm back, and I find myself saying things that I remember my parents saying, like, "Ah, oh, this city's really changed." Like you. F- I think sometimes there is an urge to hold on to how things used to be from your childhood because it it was, you know, good times. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Before you had to pay taxes and get a job and, you know.
1: Sure, but I thought your film did a, a beautiful job at at um sort of preaching an acceptance. An acceptance an acceptance of getting older.
2: Exactly. I felt like when I first read the script, I was so touched by Because I'm not going to spoil the ending because I would love for everyone to see the film. Um, But it could definitely go two ways. Uh, It could go multiple ways at a certain point in the film. Um, And I think the decision that is taken is probably not the decision that's taken in most romantic films that we see.
1: Yeah, it's not the—I mean, you're right, let's not give too much away here, but it's not the big— um dramatic turn it's it's actually quite a more of a real life how things actually go turn
2: yeah you know? more mature I think it, Bill Robertson, who wrote the script, did such a beautiful job of it felt thematically the the themes are so nicely woven into um into the film in this non uh, it doesn't pound you over the head You're just it's a bit more cerebral, a lot of people after they see the film are like,' oh like it's one of those films that you think about afterwards, after you sit with it for, for a while.
1: The film is very Canadian.
2: Mm-hmm. In a good way. <laughs> <laughs>
1: This is the CBC. We only ever mean Canadian in a good way. It's like, the assumption. You know what I yes. mean? Like, imagine if I was here. Like, it's a little. Yeah. To be honest, a little Canadian for me. Yeah. Like, I'd be turfed out of here in about yeah. ten seconds. The 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 you know landmarks in Toronto are not obscured. The Drake Hotel is the Drake Hotel. You know the Paradise is the Paradise. It's you know it's very much of of Canada. That felt intentional
2: to me. Absolutely. I think something that drives me nuts. You know, Toronto is cool. I love the city. And it, you know, shoot Toronto for Toronto. Um, And we were really lucky, because we shot at this certain stage of the pandemic where those really iconic locations were available to indie filmmakers, which I think if we had waited now, uh, there's no way I could have made this film um, downtown in the way that I was able to.
1: But what was that important to you to make make Toronto look like Toronto, to make Canada look like Canada, to not try to, like, obscure it for a, a, a wider...
2: Yeah, I didn't want anything to be fake. I, I generally don't like to pretend <laughs> I'm something I'm not, and I think it's really nice when I'm watching TV when I see places that are recognizably Toronto and they're playing it for Toronto. I think, like, Drake helped with that. Like, Toronto's cool. It, it, uh, it's, it's a spot now.
1: What what was the most um challenging part of directing this
2: feature? I mean, it was it was a ch- it was my first, so I think there's just challenges that come with that. Like I was I was really scared before stepping onto set my first day just I think the nature of just never having done that before. Um but then once I got there it really felt like swimming in water. It was really enjoyable. Um I guess part of what was difficult, it is this sexy romance, and it was <laughs> the height of COVID. So you're anxious just on the budget side that someone's going to catch COVID and mm. you're going to have to shut down, and who knows if we're ever going to be able to finish this film. Um, so I think just safety-wise, it was uh, like that was a challenge. But um, and, and I think also when you're making... Canadian film on a certain budget you just have to you know fit into those constraints Yeah. Um, but it's actually that part's actually kind of enjoyable there's sometimes freedom within the constraints in this if that makes sense
1: what what was the most rewarding part of telling the story
2: oh gosh so many incredible moments I loved I loved watching my actors act like I felt sometimes when I was watching a couple of multiple scenes, it was like I, I I, my breath was caught in my chest because these actors are are so beautiful. And I felt they brought so much to it. Um, it was a way that I had never seen Alan Hocko before. I had never seen Leanne like that before. Um, How do you mean? They were both so vulnerable and just felt like they dove right in and um, there was this intimacy that they had created in this history, um, like seemingly out of magic, obviously.
0: That was Tom Powers' conversation with Vanessa Matsui. She's the director of the film Midnight at the Paradise. It's available for streaming now that's it for this episode of Q, but you can find another episode on your podcast feed. It's Tom Powers' conversation with Daniel Caesar, the wildly talented Daniel Caesar, who kind of blew up in success when he was pretty young and had to have a bit of a reckoning about what he wanted out of his life in music, what it actually meant to make music professionally. He is a deep thinker, and you can catch his chat with Tom in your podcast feed. I'm Talia Schlinger, sitting in for Tom Power. See you next
1: time. For more CBC podcasts, go to cbc.ca/podcasts.